Good morning again, church. So as was already asked, you're being blessed by the series, amen? And I trust that today's message will also encourage you and give you something practical to do at home, amen? I want to talk about this morning the practical things that we need to do to help us develop resilience. Now we've touched on a few things over the past few weeks, but today I want to focus on action steps that we need to be taking on a daily basis to ensure that we are developing resilience. Is that okay with you? Can I give you some homework this morning? So just as we follow a plan to make sure that we are healthy physically, we need to follow a plan to remain healthy spiritually and emotionally as well. When you go to the doctor and you're given a prescription, you don't just take that prescription and stick it in a drawer, do you? You you do something with it. For the doctor's plan for your recovery to be effective, you have to take that medication as it is prescribed. I can't just take that medicine as I feel like it, because then it's not going to work properly. So if the doctor tells me I need to take this medicine once a day, I need to take it once a day. And if I don't follow the prescription and I don't see the results, it's not the medication that's not working. It's me who's not doing what I should. Are you catching what I'm saying? For the prescription to work and for me to experience the beneficial results, I have to do what the prescription says. And just like this applies to our physical well-being, the same is true for our spiritual and emotional well-being as well. If we want to experience resilience, if we want to develop the ability to endure, overcome, and thrive in the challenging times, then we need to apply certain things on a daily basis and allow it to do its work within us. So in today's message, I'll be giving you your daily prescription. Now in this series, we've been talking about becoming people who are resilient. And so far we've covered quite a few things that we need to do to be resilient. This included being rooted in Christ and rooted in community because it is only by being rooted in the right place that you will have the source of strength and life to endure. And when we have the source in Christ, we can find the inner strength that enables us to endure. It is not a strength that comes from ourselves. It is a strength that is imparted to us by God. Then we spoke about the importance of surrendering our worries uh, and cares to God, to detaching them from ourselves and trusting Him with them so that we are not weighed down and burdened. And then last week we saw that we all have areas in our lives that are unconverted places. So we need to realign those areas with God's will so that we can experience the fullness of His freedom for us. And all of these are foundational for true resilience, a resilience that comes from God and doesn't run out. And we need to be people with this kind of strength and endurance because we are living in turbulent times, in trying times, in a season of intensifying birthing pains as we approach the day of Christ's return. We don't know when that day will be, but we know that it is drawing closer as we look at the state of the world around us. And so we need to be prepared. We need to be at peace. We need to have strength. We need to be filled with faith. And we need to be resilient so that we can overcome the challenges that we are facing currently and the challenges that we will face. 
I want to paraphrase how John Aldridge, the author of the book Resilient, sums up our current condition. He says, the reality is that we've been softened, weakened, robbed of resilience from years of living in the comfort culture. Then came global trauma in the years of the pandemic and its sociodramas, resulting in us feeling depleted and beat up. Now we are all in some form of recovery, and we need to take that recovery seriously. Pretending that everything is back to normal is delusional because it's not. It looks normal enough, but it's not the way things were. We're therefore in an especially vulnerable place right now. Loneliness, emptiness, sadness, and other predatory forces are trying to make us give up, lose heart, abandon our faith, or simply give our heart to comforts rather than God. But Jesus urges us towards endurance, towards resilience, which is available in him. But it won't just happen. We must take hold of it. So what's your plan to make it through? You need a plan. Resilience and victory aren't going to come with a swipe on your home screen. I want to emphasize this because part of our comfort culture is the convenience of having everything pretty much at your fingertips. We live in a world of instant gratification. Whatever you want, whatever you need is just a few swipes or clicks away. But resilience and victory aren't going to come with a swipe on your home screen. There's no app or delivery service that's going to instantly give you resilience. You won't just happen upon it. You need to plan for it. So what is your plan to gain resilience? What is your plan to make it through the trying times? We've heard a number of things over the past few weeks, but hearing them is not enough. We need to make a plan to put what we've heard into action. You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it as many times as I need to for it to sink in. So what I will be prescribing for you today will hopefully help you develop that plan. It will help you live out everything that we've spoken about and help you to apply it. The things that I will mention will probably not be new to you, but we can all agree that repetition is necessary for things to sink in. We need to be reminded of some basics that we need to do. And this prescription is not a list of things that sound like a good idea. But through scripture we will see that these are God-given instructions. He is the doctor who is prescribing this for you this morning, not me. So as we get into these things, keep in mind that developing resilience requires us to take action. It's great that you've been blessed by these past few weeks of the series, but you need to do something with what you've been hearing. We need to apply and develop certain habits to ensure that we are communing with God on a daily basis, that we are releasing what we need to release so that we can receive what we need. So our prescription this morning can be summed up as follows. First, renew your love and devotion to Jesus. Second, create a little margin for your, in your life for your soul to breathe. Renew your love and devotion to Jesus and create a little margin in your life for your soul to breathe. The, that first part is for your spirit. The second part 
is for your soul. Remember, we are spirit, soul, and body, and we need to look after all three areas in order to be healthy people. Now, you know that you need to look after your physical well-being. You know what you have to do to eat right, get enough sleep, exercise, all those things. I'm not going to get into that. You know what you have to do. But I'm going to be focusing on our spiritual and emotional health, the two areas which are essential in order for us to live in resilience. First, renew your love and devotion to Jesus. That's an instruction for our spirits. How is your love for Jesus doing? How is your devotion for Jesus? Is your spirit filled with love for him? Are you desiring more of him, seeking every opportunity to spend time with him? Are you connecting with him throughout the day, able to discern his leading and following his wisdom? Are you growing in your knowledge and understanding of him? Or are you just coasting in your spiritual life, doing the bare minimum? Second, create a little margin in your life to allow your soul to breathe. This is important for our emotional and for our soul. So ask yourself, how are you doing? Are you constantly feeling overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, angry, riding that emotional roller coaster? Are you seeking hits of dopamine by mindlessly scrolling on social media, watching cute animal videos, playing video games, binge watching series, and trying to escape the real world so that you can experience a moment of happiness? Are you experiencing joy? Not happiness, because that's momentary and it's circumstantial. I'm talking about joy. Do you have that? So what I'm gonna give you in your prescription, I'm gonna break it down in these two parts, spirit and soul. And we're gonna take a look at what we need to do to ensure that both areas are being taken care of. In ensuring that you have a healthy spirit, there are at least three things that you need to be taking every day in order to renew your love and devotion to Jesus. And you know what it is. Word, prayer, worship. Obvious, right? Perhaps you're rolling your eyes at me internally thinking, well, duh. But honestly, how are you doing in those three areas? Are you participating in them daily? We know that you're at least getting all three here at church on a Sunday morning when you are here. But what about the other six days of the week? How effective are your habits when it comes to these disciplines? All three of them are important, they're essential. Let's see why we need them daily. You know you need to read the Bible. You've been told this since Sunday school. To spend time in the Word, but what kind of time are you spending in scriptures? Matthew 4 verse four says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, just as we feed our bodies, we need to feed our spirits. We need to take ownership of our spiritual growth. We need to learn to feed ourselves with the word. How well are you feeding your spirit? Are you snacking spiritually? Or are you enjoying a full meal? Are you snacking on quick, easy to access bites of God's word which have already been prepared through someone else's time with him. 
sermons, Christian videos, devotionals. Listen, we cannot feed ourselves off of what someone else has already processed. These are good, but they can only take you so far. You cannot feed yourself only off of what others have already processed. Just like milk can only help a baby grow until a certain point, where after they need something more substantial, you can only grow so much if you're living off of a weekly sermon, a quick devotional. It will fill you for a moment. It might help you grow until a certain point. But you're going to need something more in order to keep growing and getting stronger. Eventually, you need to get into the Word yourself. You need to open up your Bible and read the Scriptures so that you are filled with more than just a few scattered verses. A.W. Tozer said, The Word of God, while understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Nothing less than a whole Bible, not just the Gospels, not just the New Testament, not just your favorite verses. The whole Bible is what will make you a whole Christian. We don't get to select which parts of the Bible we want to read and what we want to leave out. We need it all. Genesis to Revelation, you read it all. No skipping. And it is only by reading the entirety of Scripture that we get to see the bigger picture, that we understand what God is doing. And as you grow in this knowledge of His Word, as you deepen your relationship with Him through Scripture, something begins to change on the inside. We begin to be filled with what we need and we slowly start to let go of the things that are holding us back. Now maybe this doesn't sound that exciting to you, reading the whole Bible. The Old Testament has some interesting things there. Do I have to read every genealogy? The whole Bible makes you a whole Christian. There might be parts that aren't fun to read and it kind of is a little bit boring when you get there. But when you're reading the whole Bible, when you're reading Old Testament and New Testament, you start to see how everything is just one beautiful picture. You see how God had a plan from the beginning to the end. How things tie together. You see the link. You cannot live off of scattered verses. You need the whole thing. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in, in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture equips us. It corrects us. It instructs us. It fills us with what we are missing. So we need to be taking in God's word on a daily basis if we want to develop resilience. Spending time in his word is how we begin to send our roots down deep. And as we do this, our lives are enriched with his truths, amen? The next daily discipline is prayer. And that's simply talking to God. You have no excuse not to do it. You can do it anywhere, anytime. 
Just a reminder, we have the Capital Park prayer meeting. That's a good place to practice, to spend time praying together with others. Prayer keeps us connected with God. It keeps us aligned with Him. It allows us to surrender what is burdening us before Him and receive His peace and strength. Prayer is essential to our union with God. It helps us keep our eyes on what is important. Matthew 26, verse 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We heard this last week. Our flesh is weak. It's easy for us to fall into temptation. So we need to be attentive and we need to be connected with God through prayer so that we can fight our flesh, so that we can resist temptation, so that we can hold on to truth. In the days that we are living in, we need this ability more than ever. We need the ability to not compromise our core convictions, to not compromise truth, to not buckle under the pressure of society to accept what is wrong. And we can only have this kind of strength and resilience if we are securely attached to God, to his truth, so that we are not caught up in the wave of those falling away and moving further from God. If we remain firmly rooted by remaining in him, knowing his word and keeping it in our hearts, and we do this also by remaining connected to him through prayer. As the world continues to move further from truth, accepting ideas and beliefs that send us further into chaos, we may be tempted to just go with the flow, to give in, to not fight it, but we are called to a different standard. We are called to live according to God's way, not the world's. And the only way that we can successfully do this is if we are in the habit of connecting with God on a daily basis. Daniel understood this. Daniel chapter six, verse 10, this was after the decree was signed that you shall not worship, shall not pray to anyone other than the king. No other gods. And if you were caught praying to anyone other than the king, you were in big trouble. Verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since the early days. Knowing that he could lose his life if he prayed to God rather than to the king, Daniel chose to stand on truth. He chose not to compromise. He chose to do what was right. And he had the strength to do so because he was in the habit of praying. He got down on his knees three times, as was his custom. It was a habit. It was part of his life and he understood how important it was. So he prayed, he gave thanks to God. This new decree was not going to sway him. He chose to remain connected to God even though it was risky. He stood firm on truth. Whatever you are facing, do not allow your circumstances to come between you and God. Don't allow societal pressures, challenges, and difficult days to hinder your prayer life. In fact, every challenge you face, every difficult day you have should actually push you closer to God. Those moments should actually make you want even more of Him. Fill that desire within you to be closer to Him, to connect with Him, 
because it is in his presence that we receive what we need to overcome. Philippians 4, 6, you've heard this one many times, I'm sure. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In our journey towards resilience, we need to come to God in every situation, every day, and spend time with him in prayer. And then we need to connect with God in worship. Praise and worship is our response to who God is. You see, as you're spending time in the word, you're learning about him. When you're praying, you're connecting with him, you're connecting with his heart. And when you have that knowledge and understanding of him, when you see what he has been doing in your life, how he gives you the strength, you just wanna worship. You wanna praise him. You wanna pour out your adoration. You wanna thank him. You wanna connect with him. You wanna honor him. And so we should be worshiping him every single day because as we worship, we readjust our focus as well. Because we cannot worship God and worry about our day-to-day problems. When you're worshiping him, your attention and focus is on him, on his goodness, on who he is. First Chronicles 16 verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Psalm 100 verse one to four, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Worship the Lord day after day. Enter into his presence. Sing with joy and gladness. Declare his goodness. He is our God, we are his people. Praise his name and honor him. Now you don't have to have a full worship service every single day, but take moments to honor and adore him. Take your focus off of the urgent stuff, the challenges, and focus on God and his goodness. This could look like listening to worship music in the car on your commute, while you're cleaning the house, while you're cooking, while you're getting ready in the morning or the evening. Doesn't have to be complicated. Because while you have that music playing in the background, you're singing. So as you're doing whatever it is you're doing, driving, cleaning, cooking, whatever, your mind is on him. You're worshiping him. Maybe you might decide to, every now and then, take some intentional time to focus on him in worship by putting aside all distractions and for a certain block of time that you decide works for you to just worship him wholeheartedly. No other distractions, it's just you and God. But don't wait until Sunday to worship. Worship him daily. So spending time in his word, speaking to him in prayer and worshiping him, this is what our spirits need on a daily basis in order to grow and thrive. C.S. Lewis said, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. Our spirits run on God. You put anything else in there, you're gonna break down. 
So we are created to have a living, active relationship with God, to encounter Him regularly. Our spirits cannot function without Him. If we live apart from Him, then we will get swept away. But with Him, fueled by Him, filled with Him, we can keep going. By filling our tanks with God every day, we will begin to notice a change. We will begin to notice that we have a strength and endurance that we didn't have before, and we will find ourselves taking hold of His resilience. And just as we take care of our spirits, we have to take care of our souls. We have to create a little margin in our life for our soul to breathe. Now often when we think about giving our souls a chance to breathe, to rest, we think of taking time off and going on holiday, right? But this isn't always possible. The good news is that there are things that you can do every single day that will give you some much needed rest, that will refresh you, and it won't require you to book off large chunks of time, and it won't require you to spend money on a getaway. And everyone said, amen. <laughs> now, these things are quite practical, and there are ways that you can fit them into your day. The first one, one of the best ways to give your soul space to breathe and to be refreshed is to have some fun. Playing and having fun are necessary and there's no age limit. We allow the stress of our adult life to stifle our inner child. After a certain age, we stop having fun every day like we did as kids. Don't you think that's sad? Is it because we have a better understanding of the challenges of life? Is it because now we have responsibilities? Yes. But that's not reason enough to allow misery to take the wheel. In his old age, wise King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 8.15, so I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of, their, of the life God has given them under the sun. Enjoyment of life. Learn to enjoy life. This doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge that there are difficulties, but rather that we find something to enjoy even in the midst of it. When you're having a meal with your family, don't just rush through it so you can get to whatever it is that you had planned after, after it. Take time to enjoy each other's company, to enjoy that good meal, to have good conversation, laugh around the table, connect. Jesus enjoyed mealtimes. He connected with people around the table. He laughed. He had fun. He had joy. And we should too. So there are many ways that you can play games to do something fun. Maybe you play a card game or some board games with your family. Go outside and kick a ball with the kids. Or if you don't have kids and you want to kick the ball by yourself, that's fine too. If you have pets, play with your pets. Go have coffee with a friend. You know how refreshing that can be? Paint, do something creative. Whatever it is that brings you joy, find a way to fit that into your day. And listen, nothing that involves a screen. We can say, oh, but playing games over here brings me joy. Just put it aside. 
Find something that brings you joy that doesn't require screen time. Something that engages you to the present, that connects you to your loved ones, that fills your heart, that recharges you. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be fun. There's things that you can do. Just think about it. Something that was refreshing to my soul a few months ago, we were out for brunch as a group of family and friends, a group of adults, all right, ranging from in their 20s all the way up to 60s and even 90s. We had one child with us, one five-year-old. And so we're sitting at this place and the menus are just paper that have little pictures that you can color in for the kids. So we all have these menus. They bring a cup of coloring pencils for the child. She starts coloring in. We order our food, and slowly but surely, we all kind of start doing something on our menus. Playing noughts and crosses, coloring in the pictures, playing games. Eventually, the other side of the table asks for a cup of their own. And while we are waiting for our food, this entire table is just enjoying doodling on the menus, enjoying each other's company, having fun. Does that sound complicated to you? It's doable. So you just have to find what will work for you. Allow that inner child to come out and find the joy in the small things, the things that will refresh your soul. Be present, connect with people, do something fun. Having fun, laughing, enjoying yourself, it restores our souls and we feel better, we feel lighter, we feel ref refreshed after a moment of fun. So plan it into your day. It doesn't have to take long. If you're pressed for time, five, 10, whatever, however much you can fit in, just block it off. Maybe after your meal, after dinner, after lunch, you pull out the cards and you have a quick card game with the family. Don't rush to the dishes, just stay there, linger there a little bit longer and play a game. You're driving, play I Spy. It's so simple, but it can be fun. So allow that inner child to come out, enjoy life, be glad, and joy will accompany you in the challenging times. The second thing that we should do for our souls is to have an attitude of gratitude. Have you noticed how easy it is to complain? It's like our default setting. You have a list right now that you could pull out of all the things you're complaining about, that you have grievances, something you don't like, the aircon's too cold, not cold enough, the volume was too loud, it wasn't loud enough, the chair's hard, it's uncomfortable. We have so much to complain about, it's so easy to complain. But we have to change that because complaining is not life-giving. Gratitude is life-giving. When we choose to be grateful, we flip a switch inside. See, when we are constantly complaining, it's like we're seeing the world in black and white and different shades of gray. Blech. But when you choose to be grateful, when you look for something to be grateful for, it's like you're spotting the things of color in this gray world. Suddenly your gray starts to pop with color. 
First Thessalonians 5:18, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. Not just when life is good, not just when you're feeling particularly joyful. In everything, be, give thanks. First Chronicles 16, verse 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. We all have something to be grateful for. Look for something to be grateful for each day. Just as you're sitting here right now, be grateful you made it to church safely. You can see me. Be grateful you have sight. You can hear Be grateful that you can hear. You have breath in your lungs. You have clothes on your back. You're gonna have lunch later. You have food. Those of you who couldn't join us in person, you have the ability to connect with us online. You have Wi-Fi or, or data. That's something to be grateful for. There's enough to complain about. Stop and see what you can be grateful for. There's so much that we take for granted. Let's stop. Be grateful for the small things. You don't want to live your life taking things for granted and then one day that gets taken away from you. Be grateful, not just for the big blessings, be grateful for the small blessings too. So take time during the day to thank God, to thank Him for the big and the small things. When you wake up in the morning, be grateful. When you go to bed at night, be grateful. Let's stop complaining all the time and let's have an attitude of gratitude. This next one, some people might struggle with. Cut back on media consumption. Am I asking too much of you? We are bombarded with stuff online. There's so much that is screaming at us. And most of it is not good for our mental and emotional well-being. If we are consumed by social media, then our minds are filled with the wrong stuff. Philippians 4 verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Media isn't filled with that much stuff that aligns with us. There's not a lot that is true, that is noble, that is just, that is pure, that is lovely, that has good report, that is virtuous. There may be a few things on there that resemble this, But as a whole, it's not worth being consumed by. So take a break from it. It won't hurt you. It might sound like it will hurt you, but it won't hurt you to not go online for 24 hours. Start with an hour or two if that's too much at once. You think you need it. You think you're gonna miss out on something. But generations before us survived without it just fine. Why are we so attached to it? We're restless. Try, when you get home today, try sitting for five minutes, sitting still. 
And I guarantee you're going to start feeling this fidgety urge to just, just check. Even if it's just checking the time, I just want to check. We've been conditioned to be attached to these things. And it's not good. I've noticed that the times that I have been the least active on social media, because let's be honest, we all have a problem with mindless scrolling. You don't really have anything to do there, but you just have this desire to go check and you scroll mindlessly. It's just killing time. The times that I have been least active on social media, when I have been intentional about putting it aside and not mindlessly scrolling, those are the times when I have felt the lightest, I felt better, I felt happier. I didn't really miss anything. You don't need to know what's going on in everyone's life all the time. Most of those people you don't really connect with anyway on a daily basis or they're not really part of your circle. So why do you feel the need to know? Just put it down. We've been conditioned to think it's necessary, it's not. So get off of the phone, look up, look at your family, talk to them, connect with them. Connect with the people in real life. Your soul will thank you for it. Plan times in your day where the phone and social media are a no-go. And I don't just mean when you're sleeping. That's too easy. Plan a time where the phone is on silent, put it in a drawer, somewhere far away from you, and spend time with your loved ones. Spend time with God. Just put this aside. Fill that time with something meaningful. And then finally, sometimes our souls are so burdened with emotions that we don't know what to do with. And so the way to deal with this is to release our pent-up emotions by doing something physical. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about our physical well-being. I'm not talking about exercise for fitness. I'm talking about just something active to get you out of that headspace. Okay, there is a known positive correlation between physical activity and emotional and mental well-being. Physical activity releases endorphins, which increases your feeling of well-being. So if you are feeling stressed, anxious, sad, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed, you fill in the blank, let it out through something physical. Go for a walk. Go for a run if that's your thing. Dance. You maybe think you're not a good dancer, that's fine. No one's watching. Close your bedroom door and have a little dance party. Do something physical. Work out if you want to. It doesn't have to be a long period of time and it doesn't have to be this intense exercise. I'm not talking about a, a regimen of, of working out. I'm just saying just something to pull you out of that emotion that's holding you back, that's overwhelming you, and just release it. You feel better when you do something physical to release that emotional stuff that you're holding onto. Now, if you're, if you're thinking about all these things I've been mentioning, maybe you'll notice how many of these can actually be wrapped up into one activity. Because now you're thinking, I've just given you all these bullet points, all these lists of things, and how am I supposed to fit every single one of them throughout the day? My schedule's so busy. You can consolidate them 
into one activity. You go for a walk. That's something physical to release the emotions you're feeling. And as you're walking, you can pray. You can put some earphones in and listen to worship music while you're walking. Looking around you, enjoying nature, and you realize, wow, God, you created this. Thank you that we can enjoy this beauty. Thank you, Lord, that I can walk, that I have the ability to move. You catching? You don't have to have a specific activity for every single point. Going for a walk together as a family, that can be fun. So find a way to bring these things into your day. An activity that can bring in a few of these all together. And you are doing them on a daily basis. And you are giving your soul a chance to breathe and you are restoring your love and devotion for Jesus. So you have to decide how you're going to fit this into your day. To read the word, your, your daily prescription is to read the word, to pray, to worship, to play and have fun, to be grateful, reduce your screen time and get active. Seven points. Three for your spirit, four for your soul. And you can fit this into your day, every single day. And you repeat these things daily and you repeat them as often as necessary. You, you take this prescription at least once a day but you can take it as many times as you want throughout the day. So I've given you your prescription. It's up to you to do something with it. Using this, you have to make your plan for resilience. You have to plan how you will fit these into your day, make them part of your daily life, not just when it suits you. That's often our excuse. I'll do it when I get a chance, when I can. Don't do it when it suits your fits your schedule. You have to be intentional with this. Don't try to fit more of God into your busy schedule. Start with God. And then you center your life around him. You take these important daily practices. You plan when and where you will do them. And you fit the rest around them. We need to remember that our choices, our habits will either take us towards resilience or it will erode our relationship with God and take us further away. So the choice is yours. You have been equipped. You have what you need to be resilient. How are you going to use this? What will you do with it? My hope is that you will choose to develop the right habits and break the bad ones and that you will plan to take action and move closer towards God, towards his best for you, and towards resilience. Amen. Next week, we'll be wrapping up the series, so don't miss the final part because we are gonna be challenged to be ready. Amen? Ready for what? You'll have to come next week to find out. Amen. So let's stand, let's close in prayer. And as, 
as you go about your day-to-day life, today when you're at home, spending time with family, friends, whatever it is, try and fit these in. Have some fun with your family today. Disconnect from the cell phone, connect with one another and allow your soul to be refreshed. Allow your spirits to be revived. Amen. So Father, we thank you for the resilience that you impart towards us, Lord, for this inner strength that you give us. Father, we thank you for for freeing us from our burdens, for challenging us to remove the things in our lives that keep us away from you. And Father, I pray that as we've heard all these things, many of these things we, we already know, Lord, but I pray that you will help us to do them, that we will not be hearers only, but we will do something with what we have heard, that we are taking your truths, Lord, and we are applying them in our lives. Father, I pray that our love and devotion for you will be revived, that we will have this passion within us to just want to know you more, to have a deeper relationship with you, to connect with you, Lord, that there will be a hunger for more of your word, that we will want to spend time in scripture, spend time connecting and talking to you in prayer, Lord, worshiping you every single day. And I pray, Father, that you will help us to do what we need to do for our souls as well, so that we can be filled with your joy. Help us, Lord, to connect with the people around us, to have fun with one another to find a way to fit into our day what is necessary, to not just be distracted by what is urgent, Lord, but that we will give time to what is important. So Father, we thank you. There is so much that we have to be grateful for, Lord. I pray that our eyes will be open to that. We thank you for this time that we spent here together, Lord, and I pray that you will take us home safely, that your love and your blessing will be upon each and every one of us as we go about our daily lives. That during this week, we will have moments with you, Lord, that you'll speak to us, that you will guide us and that you'll use us. Be with each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Remember, we have the members meeting just now, so enjoy a cup of coffee, and we'll call you back in for that. Have a blessed week. See you next week.